3: Hello, welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast, I'm Dave Hendon, and yes, it's here, as this podcast hits the streets, Uh, not that podcasts necessarily do hit streets, but anyway, as the podcast is released, the World Snooker Championship is underway, the qualifying getting underway at the English Institute of Sport in Sheffield, there's 10 days of that, and the top 16 in the world, plus 16 qualifiers, of course, head to the Crucible on April the 16th for the 17-day marathon. So, listen, it's like... uh, We'll put it this way, if if December's about Christmas, then April is about snooker, if you're a fan of the great game, and uh, you will be if you're listening to this. So, who's going to win it, I suppose, is the question, and whoever you speak to has got a different idea, it seems easier this year to make cases against people necessarily than for them, and even if you make a case for someone, there's a nagging doubt in various areas about some of the players, we've seen a very surprising season, some of the big hitters have not hit big, some you know, uh, uh, unthought of players have come through and won tournaments, it's all boiling up to be a fascinating conclusion to the season, now it may be that, you know, a Ronnie O'Sullivan, a Judd Trump, a Mark Selby, an established winner, just scoops the top the title, Um but even there, if you look at Selby and Trump, you know, I know Judd won in Turkey, but he, he lost in the Tour Championship, was very upset, said he didn't even want to play at the Crucible, Mark Selby of course has stayed away, he's had his problems, so we don't really know what sort of shape he's going to be in, and Ronnie, who played delightfully, I mean, 10 centuries in two matches, but still lost semi-finals of the Tour Championship. Anyway, who better to ask than Alan Manor, snilfolds and Phil Yates? I gathered them together, and uh, the, the format is very simple. We each uh, picked three players we thought could do well there, two from the top 16 and one qualifier, or potential qualifier, obviously we don't know who's going to come through, and uh, we just talked through the chances of the various players. This was recorded uh, before the end of the Tour. Championship uh, So there we are Now next week uh, I'll hopefully have Two podcasts uh, So look out for The first of them Which will be the 200th episode By the way So also look out For uh, details If you check the local press Details of street parties In your area And then uh, The day of the draw Which is the Thursday The 14th I'll have a quick uh, Just reaction To uh You know Who's going to play who Maybe some predictions And uh, it's just great stuff And it's great The World Championship's back Particularly now It's back with crowds You can get tickets For the qualifier's um, otherwise, of course, Discovery Plus and the Eurosport app will have live coverage of every table. Judgment Day also returns next week at the final qualifying around the last two days with Rob Walker. So uh, settle back and enjoy it. And uh, please do enjoy this chat that I had with Alan, Neil and Phil. Uh, The first thing to say is uh, we don't know who's won the tour championship. We know that Neil Robertson's in the final, uh, but if you look back at the tour championship, it's had no bearing on the Crucible anyway uh, in recent years. So we're going to we're going to get started. Phil, who would be your first top sixteen player you think could could do well at Sheffield? A man you've already mentioned, Neil Robertson. Well, hang on. Has anyone else gone? I've got him as well. No, white faces. Okay.
0: Go on. The reason I'm saying this is I'm a great believer in the law of averages. He's not got a good record at the Crucible for him because he's such an elite player. But he, sooner or later, I'm sure he's going to come good there because he plays such good snooker. He's a phenomenal scorer, and I think eventually he'll sort of sort it out. What worries me about him is that because he's got a bad record there, when he goes there, he might have a sort of an extra demon or two in the head. And he might be thinking, I need to prove myself here. But I think on what we've seen so far this season, of all the leading players, he's definitely, for me, the one that sticks out.
3: Well, that's why I sort of couldn't leave him out, just how well he's played. I mean, I know we seem to say this every year. Um, and we know what happens, he gets to the quarterfinals and things go wrong. But surely he has now confronted that. I mean, he talks about it more than anyone, the fact that he's got to. Um, it is tight, you know, the way he walks into the shot, OK, the crucible, there's not a lot of room. It seems to me, though, he only notices it when the pressure goes up. You know, you get to the quarterfinals, and you look round, you think, "I can win this," Um, and it's almost then he sort of starts to notice how, you know, how intimate it is, and you know, you got the prize of playing on the one table where you don't have that issue. Um, But he's just playing so well. I mean, that's that's it, really, isn't it? And he's not played a full slate of tournaments this season, and yet he's
0: been by, you know, far and away the most successful. If he does win the tour championship, that will be his fourth title, he's won plenty of dough he's made so many breaks he's made actually 50 century breaks this season, he's made 50 centuries or more in five consecutive seasons, that is such a good strike rate
3: But there obviously is an issue there isn't there? Because he hasn't won it since for 12 years. Well I,
2: I, funny I was watching that afternoon session from the comms Box yesterday and he does, this business about walking at the shot, he does walk into the shot from a long way back right at when he's at his absolute best his routine is walk into the shot. Now, I, I actually... I don't take a lot of notice of it, but there is something in it, I think. It's not made up because I was watching him. And he was so far back walking into all those shots yesterday against uh, Ronnie in, in the uh, semi-final, which he won. Um, there, clearly, he is slightly inhibited by uh, the Crucible, I think. And uh, I think... Joe Perry, I think, was made a good point. Should he get to the semi-finals, then, well, that could be a little bit of a different story. But so many years... He, so many years, he... Seems to have lost at the Crucible, so while well, I've had a great season, almost happy mm. um, to do that. He's I mean, probably going to listen to this anyway, but uh, personally, I think he's th- the best player right now in the world. But um, I, I, for that reason, I, you know, I would, would be against him. But, but I completely respect his chances of winning it. And it would, if, if he was to win it, I think Alan pointed this out the other day. You know, it would take him to another level. You know, the season he's had he became world champion. He would be the dominant force in the game. I think. Yeah. Do you want
3: to put a name in, Alan?
1: Yeah I'm going to go with the first one I've thought about this obviously The last two or three months as we all have Probably since Christmas and and what's going on since I'm kind of not going to change my mind on both counts But my first one is going to be Mark Selby Simply, well for a couple of reasons Um, The first one, in the last decade He's played nine matches at one table there And he's won eight of them and the one he lost was the one at Sullivan. Now, I know history doesn't, you know, you're going back. So it, in the present day, it maybe shouldn't count for so much. But I really do, do think it counts there. And for Selby, it doesn't matter to me how well or poorly he seems to be playing. He finds something generally there that others, I, I, I don't think, can. Um, I think if he gets down to one table, we were speaking about this recently, Dave, and um the question that I have about Mark Selby in his favour, if he gets down to one table, who's going to stop him? Over four sessions, is someone going to beat him 7-1 session? You know, Maybe 6-2? And somewhere along the line, I think he's going to win a session 6-2 just because of the way he plays. He's so tough. And if he finds 80% form, maybe 85% form, he can certainly win it. Can other guys win it with 80%? Maybe not, and for that reason, I'm going to go with Mark Selby. I think what's
3: interesting, it seems odd to say it about someone who's won it four times, he's an unknown quantity this year because he's not been playing, he's had problems, he's, he's spoken about. I think, but what's interesting always with the defending champion is that first day. We'll see actually that day how he's feeling and if he plays well and wins you could definitely see him going all the way
1: yeah the second point is that it's the unknown quantity he's not been um, busy of late playing an event so that is a thing but then there's a flip side to that the freshness that he might bring in you can guarantee he'll have been on the practice table and I I think the other thing about having good three or four weeks practice leading up to it he'll probably now I don't know his regime intimately but I, I think he'll have done a lot of solo stuff with maybe two maybe two, maybe three days a week against other guys and I think that's perfect for him to groove his action because when he gets in a groove there he repeats, he repeats, like you've got to do and um, you know, but there is an unknown mm. element to, to the defending champion coming in this year. Uh, well I'm going to go someone else
2: actually, I respect both of those opinions, they've both got brilliant chances Robertson and so on. I think Kyron Wilson, I, I think, I never thought I'd be tipping him actually but um, Looking at the way the kind of season he's had, he's had a very frustrating season. Uh, he is a, he is a, the kind of grinding player that you need. That's not it's meant as a compliment actually. It doesn't sound like one, but it, you know he's got that that ability to just churn out a performance uh, in in every match. You know he's been he's been in the, in the, the the final two years ago, which he lost to Ronnie, which he was outplayed on the last day, no question. And uh, a semi-final which he should have won last year. His crucible records right up there. And I've no reason to believe he won't play the same this year. The season, he might feel the season owes him something. Because I think he's played well at times. He's been found wanting. But I don't think the Crucible is all about you know, the, uh, the, the dazzling play. I know, I know that what happened to him in that semi-final last year. Uh, Sean Murphy just found something, didn't he? And he couldn't cope with it. But I don't think, the, as I say, the, the format is a very different beast to anything else, the Crucible. I think he's sure to go well. It could be if, I mean, I'm looking ahead here because the Tour Championship, as we speak, isn't over. But if uh, if Neil was to win it, which he, he may or may not do, then I, he might set up a quarter final with Judd Trump again. He seems to play him all the time. Um, but at the moment, we don't know quite where he'll be in the draw. But I think Kyron is he's going to go well. He, he's my number one choice.
3: There's a lot to be said. You're right for consistency at uh, the Crucible, and you know he is—he does maintain that consistent level. But I guess the question is, can he then, at the end, you do have to raise your game, which is what Murphy did against him. We saw Trump when he—the year he won it. Can he actually go from the level he's at, where he gets through the rounds, to actually go and win the tournament? And obviously, we don't know about, about that yet.
2: That's the question he has to answer. But I don't think he even know if it's about that. Is that did, did Mark do that last year, or did he just keep on uh, every you know? It, getting out of sessions not playing well I mean I, I think he's got the game to win it I mean he was, he's was he been very close to winning I know what you're saying well, Mark did
3: it get the first year he won it against Ronnie he definitely did it in that, on that last day
2: yeah yeah oh I know I, that is the question you're right but I'm, I'm going to stick with him I think he's come the World Championships we know there's a, it's a cliche when you talk about Barry Hawkins and Kyron Ball and all the other players that do well but I think I think he can make the, the step up from from being very close to winning it to winning it
1: well he's certainly determined to isn't he I mean he, he's sort of he, he's a hard worker. I was going to make a, a point, and I totally agree with Neil that the, the crucible the world championship was a different beast and there an, there was an example of it actually four years ago. Mark Selby won out in Beijing uh, the China Open he won the final out there 11 eleven three which was about two and a half weeks before coming in to the crucible itself, and you think oh Selby's right on it. it he went to the Crucible, lost 10 4 mm. to Joe Perry. So, recent, you know, immediate form just before it, <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't always transfer into He's guaranteed to do it at the Crucible. So, it's very easy to get caught up in current form, I yeah. think. But, you know, we're, we're, we're spiffballing about all of it. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. But there is that thing where there's no guarantee of the guy who, like Neil Robertson this week, for example, if he goes on and wins the Tour Championship you'd think, yeah, he's the man, but it doesn't always work It out, didn't happen last year, did it? Mm. No, in current
2: form, I don't even know if that's what you really want, you know, as we've said before. I mean, I even go back to when John Parrott won it. I, I know how long ago that was. He had a bad season. He said he was really fresh coming to the Crucible. It's been like that a few times, you know, the, the year that Ding won all those ranking events, we thought this is going to be his year. Uh, the year that, that Ronnie won all those ranking events, this was going to be his year. It, it didn't work out like that for any of those guys and for Neil in, in all the last few years. So that, that is the the stumbling block it doesn't mean they can't win in these guys field, does it it doesn't mean that <clears throat> I don't
0: dispel any myths here about the Crucible and it's our most important tournament of the year and our most valuable but if you win the World Championship it doesn't mean to say you're the best player in the world absolutely not it's been proven over the years that that might not be the case also I think we sit here at the end of a season which has been undoubtedly the craziest <laughs> in history to try and predict what's happened this season if you said how it was going to pan out before a ball was struck. No-one would have believed you. The men in the white coats would have come in and taken you away. Not just one or two... Not th- for the first time. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not one or two uh, surprise wins, but just one after another. I think th- the biggest for me, Fan Yi, obviously Joe Perry coming out of it, a very bad spell of form to win the Welsh. Rob Milkins winning his first world-ranking event after hardly winning a match all year. And so many more as well. I just think this year, and we say this repeatedly over the years, Dave, and you've said it, we've all said it. I think genuinely, this year is the most open World
3: Championship ever. As Brian Moore said, it's up for grabs now. Anyway, a uh, contemporary reference there. So, uh, we, well, you, myself and Phil have gone for Robertson, Alan Moxelby, and Neil Corr Wilson on the first on the first round. So I'll, I'll go. I'll go next. A player who I've just kind of had a feeling about all season um, is John Higgins. Now. He just keeps popping up. I mean, as, as we speak, he's in the semis of the Tour Championship. Obviously, he was in all those finals earlier on in the season. He's... I don't like going on about his weight loss because it's kind of a personal thing, but he's definitely refound his enthusiasm. You know, there have been times in recent years where he hasn't enjoyed it. He told me he's loving it more than ever, being a snooker player. You know, he's the, probably the cleverest player on tour. Um, he's obviously gone the distance there. He was in three finals in a row until recently. Um... You can probably make cases against him, maybe you know the distance and all the rest of it, but I don't know. I just I, I can see him p- p- achieving that consistent level that you mentioned about Corin Wilson, um, and
1: we know he's got the bottle as well. Okay, I'll I'll go ahead with my second pick, and uh, again, uh, similar to my pick with Mark Selby, I, I've been thinking about him the last couple of months, and likewise my second pick, I'm going to go with Zhao Zintong. I Know that his recent form has been a bit sketchy, and um, he didn't get over the line this week against John Higgins when he probably should have done. I think I've or I've always thought for a long time he's got that magic touch. He's got something that you can't sort of quantify and almost put into words. He's got something about him, and I think he'll either go one of two ways at the Crucible. He might go in there and think that yeah, that, that, this works. for him, that, I like this. That, this is this is what I want. To, where I want to be. He's a local boy as well. He practices there to be able to just walk up and down the hill or wherever it is he lives, and uh, just you know stroll in there, roll in and play. I think, he, as I say, one or two ways. But he's got something magic about him. And touching on the Neil Robertson walk-in thing, he's got none of that. If that's even a thing, like you know, it's, there's always there's always things come up as a season goes on. We all get sort of it grabs our attention. If it's a thing, it'll suit him because he doesn't have a walk-in, he just kind of strolls round. He's also, just watching him this week against John, he's got a bit of Mark Williams' touch about him, I think, the the languid, the slow walk round the table. I think he can keep his breathing, kind of on the low side, if you want to call it that, like Wilt Williams can do. And for that reason, I'm going to go with him. If he can find For the one thing against him is, can he hold form for long? Long enough to go deep. That's the one thing.
3: Would you be concerned about what we saw this week when he
1: lost from quite a long way in front? You know, he
3: hasn't played that many long matches, that's the thing.
1: Yeah, that's right. He doesn't have the, the knowledge and the know how and the street wise stuff. He doesn't have it yet, I, w- I will admit that. I just think there is a chance that he could go there and it might all make sense mm-hmm. to him. And if it does, he's going to be a real handful. But the other one thing I'd say on top of that is. Probably to win it, he's going to have to play at 95% most of the way through, and that's a big ask. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm going for a a similar player to Xiao Zintong in terms of career experience and nationality as well. Not similar in the way he plays the game. Another local who lives in Sheffield, as we know from that infamous piece on World Snooker that was (laughs) conducted by Rob (laughs) Walker. I'm going to go as my second pick for Yan Bingtao. Now, When he started the season, he was playing in the Championship League, he just looked such a fearsome competitor to me. It's not really panned out for him. I think he has been quite unlucky at times in the sense that he's played opponents who've played extremely well. The classic example being Barry Hawkins against him at the Players' Championship. That was a terrific game at Wolverhampton. And I think he's got the stickability, Jan, to do well there. The other thing, he's so dedicated. He plays very lengthy hours of practice and so I think if he was involved for the entire time at the championship the 17 days I don't think the the physical and mental demands would be too great for him he's still a young man and also you know from his win at the Masters that he's got the nerve so I, I would say if he can consider a member of the top 16 as an outsider I would say you know he would be an outsider yes but one that could definitely do it one final point on that. He nearly wasn't there as a seed. <laughs> he didn't enter the Gibraltar Open, the most inexplicable decision of the season by anyone. Had Ricky Walden won that title, Jan Bintown would have been in the qualifiers. But also Say could have got in the Tour Championship playing in Gibraltar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, uh, that was a mind-blowing decision, but at least he got away with it as such. And now he's a seed. I think, he'll, uh, I think he could do,
3: do very well, of course. You know, he could have a very tough second round opponent in Mark Selby. I think what's interesting with him is like Zhao, I think you can sort of predict what shot he's going to play quite easily. Yan Bing Tao, he's a kind of, I mean, for a young man, he's quite a strange player, isn't he? You know, you don't really, he he seems dour at times. At other times, he's going for, a bit like Peter Ebden, going for sort of extraordinary balls. And that actually makes him a little bit dangerous. Because you don't have to play him, maybe. He's exactly like Tony Drago in one respect.
0: (laughs) The toughest player, I think, to commentate on currently, and Drago was the toughest back in the day because you didn't know exactly, as Dave said, what he was going to do next. Sometimes, I think it's all about how he feels, his shot selection process. He might refuse one one
1: day or one frame and then go for it, you know, the next. I think he's very good, Yan Bingtao, at playing his own shot. He doesn't get dragged in and, you know, think, oh, this is on TV, I've got to play that shot because that's the Hollywood shot. He doesn't do any of that, does he? It's like... I know this is a correct shot to play, it's 8-3, it's 8-5, whatever the score is, this is the way to take this frame forward, and he's good at that, but I just question whether he's got the magic touch kind of thing, that, that little X-factor thing, I don't know, but he's certainly yeah, he's, he's not without a chance. But he's got the game, is not he, at, at some point, I,
2: I don't know, I'm not saying this year, but he's certainly got the style of play that you need for the Crucible to session in, session out. Every shot is like an event with him, so I, I agree that he's got a chance, but just uh, not quite this year for me. You know? well,
3: who's your Who's your second top steam well, player? I'm not sure
2: whether do you have. To, I mean, my second one is just going to going to be quite simple, I think, and I don't really. He is my second choice. I, I think Ronnie can win it again. Um, that doesn't sound very interesting compared to everyone else's. But um, well, no, it's fair enough. You
3: win this. I
2: just. I don't really think he is my first choice, of winning it. But he's obviously got a chance. He's playing well, and something he said the other day made me think he could do well. When he beat Mark Williams, he said, "I mean, for whatever reasons, I don't want to be at home." I don't. I, don't, I didn't take that to mean anything personal. He almost is quite happy to be away. Mm. Uh, he said he treats it like a holiday. Um, I'm assuming that if he can get through his early rounds at Sheffield, he'll, he'll meet people, he'll do all the things he likes to do away from uh, playing. It's a little bit difficult for him at the Crucible, I think, because everyone wants a piece of him. We know that, um, especially the BBC. They always want to do something, and he gets a little bit edgy up there. But if he can find a way of ch- channeling all this, getting out of the venue, doing all this stuff with all the people that he, he spends his time with, Listen, we all, there's not one of us here that thinks he can't win. We all know he can win it again. And I'd I'll be, I'll be surprised if he didn't equal Hendry's record at some point. So if if it's going to have to be soon. so And he's playing well. He may have played too much mm-hmm. snooker. So I'm going to go with Ronnie as my second choice, not my first choice. Because of course he can win it. I think we all know that.
1: Neil said something there that, I, I, again, I agree with it as usual. But it's almost like... It feels like it's his destiny to get seven, doesn't it? For some reason, that is he going to finish his career without seven? It kind of feels like it's he's going to get it. Well, he's some broken stage, all isn't? the other records, hasn't he? That yeah. um, uh, Stephen had, you know, uh, still
2: obviously that one's the one he still has. I mean, I don't want to get involved in the debate because they've both they have been both great players. It doesn't matter who's the best of those two, does it really anymore? Um, but yeah, look. The other thing about him is this, you know that many of the opponents, especially the younger opponents from all around the world, they don't really fancy beating him. You know He's very kind to them around the table, he's always tapping the table, courteous. I know you beat him in that final, which I always thought was an incredibly surprising result. There's a few people that will be beat before they start against him, and that's always been the case. As I say... I think he's got a chance of win it again. And I hate to think that we could have these conversations and none of us went with Ronnie. So that's basically why I'm doing it. He's not my
3: main choice. Just before we move on, uh, no one's gone for Chud Trump. Um, he himself has talked yeah. down his chances. Um, but that was right after defeat, I think, in the cold light of day. He'll it, go there, you know, obviously looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no, one, no one's gone for him.
2: Well, I did. I did feel that Judd had a, a really good chance. I must say, and, I, and clearly he is on a shortlist. I mean, there's so, he is open this year without a question. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what where Judd is with this game. I mean, he there, he looked in a couple of times the other night. He looked quite good in, the, in his his defeat to Luca. He made back to back centuries. He, you know, it's clearly in there somewhere, but. He's become a little bit inconsistent with the way he strikes the ball, I think, and this is one one of the great players in the game, and I I love watching Judd. If he won it, I'd be delighted for him, I'm a big fan, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure that there's a few undertones that suggest he's not as
1: happy with his game as he might be. And the other thing about Judd, I would say, because of his form, it's been again a bit sketchy all season long. the other players take note of that don't they the other players, whoever plays him at Sheffield certainly if he gets into round two in the, the quarterfinals, they'll think there's a pretty good chance he's going to drop a, a level or two here so I can jump all over it take advantage they'll almost be expecting it to happen has he got the form where he's going to run away with a session 7-2 with like 4 or 5 tonnes it just doesn't look like it's ever going to happen or not ever going to happen right now anyway so that is a thing, you know, as I've said many times, the snooker and especially crucible, it's like a pool of sharks you're mm-hmm. swimming with. And they know how to feed off you if you're, not, if you're not on it, you know.
0: When Trump doesn't play well, I feel personally deflated because I love watching him play so much. I'm a massive fan uh, and at his best, I think he's one of the, the finest players ever. Quite simple. Um, I think it's all about confidence with him and that seems a very simplistic thing to say. But we must remember what happened, you know, He was struggling in the qualifiers in the early stages of his career. He went out to China, won the China Open. All of a sudden now, he's absolutely full of confidence. And he's gone to the Crucible and performed really, really well, came up just short. Now, he's a very different animal these days. Of course, he's an established star. But I think if that confidence comes back, if he finds something on the practice table and has a good first couple of matches and gets through those, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he were to to win the championship, but he does need to find that confidence because if he plays at the
3: level he's been producing oh, over the last five, six months, he won't win. OK, well, we do, obviously we don't know who's going to qualify, um, but we're going to try and just... And it's not necessarily a qualifier going to win it, but just some, there's usually one that goes on a long run, maybe gets to the semis, causes problems. Um, so, Phil, why don't you... Uh, yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad you asked me to start because had one of these two pick mine. I don't think I could have picked another one. It is Ding Zhengwei. Okay. It's a very, very safe bet. But you know, you think about the, the history of qualifiers at the Crucible and while they can create <laughs> a stir <laughs> and they can have a, a first round or a second round upset and maybe even go to the semi final or in Ding's case he got to the final. You know, winning it is a, a big rarity. Terry Griffiths played out of his boots to win in seventy nine Sean Murphy potted the balls off the lampshades to win in 2005. I think the the class of qualifiers this year is brilliant. We've got lots and lots of, not just ranking event winners, but plenty multiple ranking event winners in the qualifiers. And so I think a lot of the seeds are going to have tough tasks. But it's a, a big difference from winning your first round to going all the way. And the only one I think that would be equipped, if he were to play at his very best, would, would be Ding, and I have seen green shoots of recovery in his yeah. game over the last few months. What I will say, and I said this last year when we did this preview and the year, year before, if Ding were to win the World Championship, I think it would be, for the game as a whole and
3: its marketability, I think it would perhaps be the best result for all of us. Because well, it, it, sorry, Phil, it would be quite an apt way to end the season, because... The way the sort of narrative had gone with Chinese Snook is that he basically had his time and these youngsters have come along and they're going to be winning the tournament. So if the twist in the tale would be after all this time, ding in the doldrums out the top 16 came and won it, that would be the perfect way to end the year. Absolutely. And we also
0: must say here that not just Ding but all of the Chinese players have been away from home for a lengthy period of time because of the COVID-19 pandemic but Ding is a family man so his sacrifice has been even more uh, exacerbated so I would love to see him do well it would be great for him, it would be great for the game.
1: Just to touch on Ding actually and and I obviously don't disagree with that but I am going to pick another guy in in, in a minute or so The, the thing with Ding that I wonder if he's missing I wonder if he's missing the attention because he's not really had it the last couple of seasons and uh, he's had it for at least 15 years, got used to it he's a top player, he's a regular winner now he's had maybe 18 months or so without any attention on him he might be saying, right okay and the other thing is his form's been amazing he's not gone really deep and not lifted any silverware, but his form which we've all been keeping a close eye on since he's been a bit more active in recent months, his form's outstanding I think, I think I agree with you. But I'm not going to go with Ding although I think we would all agree he's got some sort of chance, regardless of who he plays in the, the main draw, if he gets there. The guy I'm going to go with is Ricky Walden.
3: Oh, well, I've got him as well, so we, we, have, we have the match stuff there. Go on.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Ricky for a couple of reasons. I listened to him speaking recently, and the first a couple of things to really nice guy, and he's had a lot of health problems, so let's sweep them under the carpet straight away. We can put them to bed. He's healthy. That's the, the, that's the best thing about it. But he's got a steeliness about him, the, the big fella. That uh, I think a lot of people and, and a lot of people within the game don't really know about or realise. I think he's a steely character. He's also, when I think about it, let's just say, or I, I think he is going to qualify. When he does, I think he's almost on a par, given his recent form, with Ding and the seeds not wanting to get him in the draw. I think he, it, almost regardless who he plays. I think you can guarantee on the back of the sharpness he'll have from the qualies he'll play really well, that doesn't guarantee he's going to win but I think he's in brilliant touch and I think he can go deep, win it is a big ask, of course it is but I think he's capable certainly when he gets on a run I like the way he plays the game, it's no nonsense I think he's got a beautiful touch when he's in close long game's pretty good but he's fit, he's healthy, and he's confident, and that's why Ricky. He's quite in- intimidating, I think, isn't he? He's yeah. a big guy, just the
3: way he is around the table. He has that sort of, when he's confident and playing well, he has that sort of, yeah, this is my table. He looks thing. like he faces yeah. it, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, the season he's had, he's, he's been superb. Again, like you, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I think he could definitely cause trouble there. Mm.
2: Well, I mean, I'll, what you say about a qualifier winning it is the thing, isn't it? I mean, really, is a qualifier going to win it this year? Um, and I think there are only two qualifiers in there who could possibly win it. And um, one one of them is Ding, and the other one is somebody that we've all not spoken about for a long time. Maybe Stephen Maguire. I mean, but but I'm not going I'm not going to go with Maguire because. The, the other player that I was originally looking at is next to him in the drawers Yu Long and Maguire in the same bit which I think is horrible mm-hmm. so one of those is going to play each other so I'm going to have to go with Ding for that same reason because I think he could conceivably win it um, if he qualified and given that the last time he qualified as we all know he got to the final he beat somebody I can't remember who beat him final. So he was very lucky uh, as you wasn't it, Alan uh, <laughs> there, yeah. who was that Ding two qualifiers in the Debra Debra semi-final flicked everything yeah Debra <laughs> Debra no but um, so I'm going to have to go with Ding I wanted to go with Joe Yulong but the fact that he's got McGuire next to him in the draw he might not even make the crucible Joe Yulong in 2019 I'm just looking at the Almanac actually because he, he had a good win against Mark Allen and he was in front against Ali Carter and I thought with Joe Yulong he looked to me like he could handle the long matches I know Carter got the better of him and I thought this is a guy that definitely can handle the long matches but I just don't like his draw at all because he could easily lose to Maguire as well as I think
1: that Ding will get through. Yeah, just sorry, um, that match against Carter. I think he dominated at least yeah. until half time, didn't he? He looked really, really good. Leading 9 7. Yeah. yeah.
0: And picking up on your point about the attention and the fact that the Chinese players of a younger generation have supplanted him in many respects, I had to keep checking this stat. I was talking today, we speak pretty much every day on the phone. He might have been at a tournament, I was somewhere else, or vice versa and I had to keep checking this stuff, I couldn't quite believe it, but at his lowest ebb this season, Ding was the seventh-highest-ranked Chinese player. Mm. Obviously, that's not the case now, and I think
3: he will continue to go back up.
0: But the seventh-highest-ranked Chinese player, Den not I mean, who
3: would have thought that? There's people we haven't mentioned. Sean Murphy was in the final last year. Um, Anthony McGill always seems to play well there. Stuart Bingham, I thought, played brilliantly last year. You know, Quite unlucky, in a way, not to get to the final, Mark Allen, people always look at and think, could he come through Um, there's so many players and the sort of year it's been, put it this way, there's a a snooker writer Gary Moss made a really good point the four semi-finalists last year, none of them are in the Tour Championship this year, that's the way things have changed around and it's been such an unpredictable season Selby's not here, Murphy's not here Colin Wilson, Bingham, none of them qualified for this event, so it is wide open and you're right Phil, we do say it every year but just the season it's been it's quite conceivable Someone we haven't mentioned Is going to just Play great for two weeks And that's what you've got to do You've got to turn up there And play great Or if you're in the qualifying For a month Well I reckon It's actually more The, the second week When you've got to start playing well Obviously
2: you've got to be in it The second week But when you think that Even when John won it you know He didn't play well At the beginning of that tournament At all He, he should have lost to Tep He was struggling against Ding And he went away And, and changed something Didn't he And, uh, and then he was a, Like a different player But that all came The second week the first week when Stuart Bingham won it, he wasn't even well yet. He had a, a, some flu bug or something. Yeah. He was struggling in all of his matches. And, and come the quarterfinals, I thought he's the least likely winner. And Joe, Joe, when Joe won it, he just really hit form the second week. So that's what a factor that we haven't really thought about. Everyone's thinking about the players at the start of the tournament. Are they the best players? Are they the, inf- the form players? But if you can get through to the, the 25s, maybe to the quarterfinals, without having played well then all of a sudden a player might just pick up their game. And all those guys you mentioned, including Mark Allen, Mm. could absolutely take off. And and that's where the World Championship can be won, isn't it? It's that fact that you don't think about when the tournament goes, how players are feeling, how well they're playing, and things just escalate from there. Mm. You know, in America, one of the big sports is NASCAR. And their
0: massive event is the Daytona 500. It's the first tournament of their season, or the first race of their season. And I got to thinking, how terrible that would be for snooker. It's great that the World Championship comes when it does. It's the ultimate test, it's the final test,
2: and it gets everyone talking. And I think this year is going to be the best test ever. We used to play the Sky uh, Finals the week after the Crucible, didn't we? Uh, The the Sky Premier League Finals, and there was nothing, players didn't have anything left, did they? So it has to be the end of the season, doesn't it? That's
3: the only way it should be. Well, uh, we'll wrap up there. We're all going to be working for Eurosport. Um, Apologies for that. Um, But, uh, of course, the qualifying uh, will be underway when you listen to this. Uh, It's on Discovery Plus every table. Every table. How about that? I mean, the days of sort of teletext and all that and even live scoring uh, are clearly clearly over. So it's a month-long event now. That's the thing. It's 10 days of qualifying. We have the draw for the Crucible. We have that Friday where everyone's getting excited, Crucible Eve, and then April the 16th couple of weeks' time, it all uh, it all gets underway. May the 2nd, it all ends. And probably someone we haven't mentioned <laughs> will be world champion. But uh, we're all looking forward to it, yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't, Absolutely. Wait. Absolutely. Can't, Can't wait. Brilliant. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: With Lucky Lance Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere.